God, we just come before you this morning, Lord, and we just pray that we would be able to worship you, God, that above all else, that we would be able to see you as our King and as our God. Father, we pray this morning that no matter the distractions that we have in life, Lord, that we won't allow those distractions to bother us, that we will stay focused on you above all else. Father, we pray this morning that you would be our God and you would be our King and that even when we have bad days and we have good days, that we could just put all our cares and frustrations and issues upon you. Father, that you would help us through those times, that you would help us in the good times and the bad, that, Lord, you would help us in our struggles, you would help us when we need it. Father, you would help us even when we don't need it because that's probably when we need you the most. Father, I pray, Lord, that uh, so many times we come from different places in life We have different struggles and different issues, but we are united with the faith that you have the power to change our lives and change them for the better. Father, it's something that no self-help, no amount of self-introspection can do. Only you can do, God. Lord, one of the ways that we know that you are best able to do that is when we are honest with you and we confess our sinfulness, our brokenness, our selfishness, and our ability to hurt other people. Father, the Bible calls all of that sin and just says that if that is in our lives. It separates us from you. So we're just going to take a moment, each of us right now, to go to you and ask forgiveness quietly to ourselves for anything that's in our life. It doesn't need to be there. It's holding us back from the best possible relationship with you. Let's just do that right now, each of us individually. And Father, we just thank you that you have provided a way for us to be forgiven, for us to be clean, for us to be made right, for us to be credited, as the Bible says we've been talking about, with your righteousness, Father, that we may be made right because of what Christ has done for us. Father, we thank you for this, and we ask this morning that your Holy Spirit would be challenging us and encouraging us in our lives, helping us to live lives that are blessed by you. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, this morning we are starting a new series, one that I've been looking forward to doing for a while. It's entitled, Bless Me, Curse Me, and looking at this idea of what blessing and what cursing means in biblical context. If you're like me, you probably use the word bless a whole lot um, in a given day or a given week. Maybe you sign your emails, blessing. Maybe when your coworker sneezes, you say, God bless you. Maybe you say, if only I could be more blessed like Bill Gates or Steve Ballmer or whoever your, you know, rich Warren Buffett, your rich person of choice is. We use this idea of blessing and also this idea of cursing a little bit as Christians. But this week and the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how blessing and how cursing makes a difference in our lives. And more specifically, what it really means to be blessed and what it really means to be cursed. And uh, do we really want to talk about the cursing part? Well, we're going to do that in a couple of weeks. We can't deal with blessing without dealing with cursing, as you're going to see this week, if we want to be biblical. But what does blessing mean? It's a word that we use an awful lot in our language, especially if we are more church people, if we are more religious type people. We use this word blessing a lot in our lives. But what does it really mean? And more importantly, what are the implications of blessing? What does it take? 
for us to be blessed from God. If I asked all of you this morning, do you desire blessings in your lives? All of you would say, well, yeah. But the problem is, is that how does blessing come? What does blessing mean? What does blessing do in our lives? This is what we're going to be talking about with our series here, Bless Me, Curse Me, um, our four-week series on blessing and cursing and sort of the way that works in our lives. Okay, so this morning, um, here's our strategy, is that we're going to be looking at what is a blessing. Um, What does blessing mean? What is a blessing? And uh, how do we get it? How does it work? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, in our lives. We're going to see what the Bible says. We're going to look at a passage in Genesis um, chapter 22. Uh, If you want to go and open your Bibles. No, I'm Genesis. That was last week. What am I thinking? Deuteronomy 11. My bad. That was last week. I'm still in Abraham, but we're going to talk about Abraham a little bit this morning, so it's fine. Deuteronomy 11, unless you want to talk about last week in this Genesis 22. Deuteronomy 11, starting in verse 26. If you want to open your Bibles, um, that would be awesome. It's going to be up on the big screen as well, but we're going to refer back to it a couple of times. Okay, Deuteronomy uh, 11, 26, 28. Here's what the Bible says. This is Moses speaking, and he's speaking to the people of God. Let me just set this up for a second, because Moses speaking here, he's speaking to the people of God, and it's important that we realize that the choice that Moses presents here to the people of God is very akin to the same choice that we have today, whether or not we're believers or not. Let me say it another way. If you're a believer here today, being blessed by God is not automatic. Okay? We would like to assume that it is automatic, but it is not automatic as we're going to talk about. And in fact, we must choose blessing just as we must choose other things in life. Now, here's what Moses said. Look today in uh, Deuteronomy, which is the retelling of the law that he learned from God, the principles he learned from God. Look today, I'm giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from him and worship God's that you have not known before. So he's telling people here, listen, you have a choice between being blessed and being cursed, and really the choice comes down to you. Well, again, if you're here this morning, you probably would rather err on the side of blessing rather than err on the side of cursing, and so we'll talk about how that works. First of all, two ideas this morning. There's no handout because Addie's on vacation. That's my excuse. I really didn't have time this week to do a handout more about me than her, but uh, you can make notes on your bulletin this week if you want, and the next week handouts will be back. Um, Number one, first idea real quickly, is that we can have blessing. It is possible for God to bless us. It is possible for us to experience blessing in our lives. If you're here today, many of you will say, well, duh, I mean, I know that. I mean, you know, I, I just assumed that. That's why I came to church. I just assumed that it was possible for us to have blessing. But I want to break it down and, and talk a little bit more about this issue. What is blessing and how it is possible for us to have it? God desires for us to live blessed lives. But as often is the case when we talk about the Bible, how we define words really does play a big role. If we define blessing as being wealthy, then we will miss the point of what the Bible is trying to say and we will look at something different than what God has in store for us. But as a general rule, we can accept the fact that God desires for us to live blessed lives, that He wants us to be blessed, that He wants blessing in our lives. All right. We got that, right? We're all good on that. Anybody doubt that one? Because otherwise, let's just stop right here. No, nobody doubt that one. Good. Blessing is an act of special provision. Let's talk about what blessing means. 
Blessing is an act of special provision. When somebody blesses someone else, it is an act that allows for a special provision to occur in their lives. In other words, it is someone providing for something else. So when God blesses someone, it is him providing something extra, providing something that that person needs where they would not otherwise have it. Blessing is one of these ideas that we talk about, but it's sort of nebulous as far as what exactly does God do and how do we experience those blessings? How do we see those blessings in our lives? But this sort of idea is that it's basically simply a provision. Now, the Bible uses the word blessing in a lot of different ways. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's honest, and that's one of the things that adds some difficulty in it. We're going to look at several different ways the Bible uses this idea, but that the basic idea is that, that would summarize everything is that it is a special provision from God. God desires to provide. Provision, provide, there you go. Okay, now, here's the problem that we come into is that God desires to provide for us, but provision and blessings are not always material in nature. This is really the big part here um, of this section, because when we talk about blessing, it's very easy for us to consider and see blessing as being material. Um, It is common in our language to say that someone who is blessed, they are blessed because they are well off. They are blessed because they are materially Uh, well, they have a nice car, they have a nice home, they're blessed. We say that in Americanese all the time, right? That a person is blessed for that reason. But we really need to break this down because blessing is not really like that. Let me just give some examples. First of all, if we say that blessing is tied solely to material possession, then we are saying the same thing that the book of Job, well, the enemies in the book of Job is saying. Book of Job is a great book. Let me just refer to it for a second. Anybody remember the story of Job? Job was a pretty wealthy guy, pretty well off, and then Satan desired to test him and to see if he really was legit. And Job, God said, okay, fine, Job's legit, I have no doubt about it, you can test him all you want to. So Satan tested Job, and one of the first things he did was take away all of his material possessions, right? I mean, he took away his health, he took away his family, he took away his cows, his donkeys, his land, everything. Job was destitute. And if you remember... The book of Job records several people who come to Job and accuse Job of what? Of being cursed, right? You're cursed. And what is the, one of the primary reasons that they argue that Job is cursed? It's because he is poor and he's lost everything. Now, the book of Job goes on and continues to explain that basically when Job is given the opportunity to reject God, I mean, what do they say? Famous verse in the Bible, what does his detractor say? Job, you should curse God and die. That's what you should do. But Job says, no, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that one day he will stand upon the earth. I know that I'm going to be faithful to God. He is faithful to God. He does not curse God. Instead, he blesses God. And then the detractors have nothing else to say because when God God restores Job, he is blessed in many ways, which includes material possessions. Now, material possessions are a part of blessing, but they are only a small part. And let me explain why that is. Material blessings is something that we can receive from God, but it's not always a good provision from God. If Job had been uh, rich during that time, he would never have been able to demonstrate his faith before God. More specifically, we learn from the book of Job is what? That some people in our world try to make a principle about blessing. Let me give you an example. Let's say 
that Seth is as poor as Job's turkey. That's what people where I grew up used to say. Uh, it's an expression. Okay, I know it doesn't make any sense in California. Sorry, I forgot where I was for a minute. I thought I was in Virginia again. Seth could be really, really poor. Really, really poor. Okay? Really, really poor. We would be tempted to say, well, therefore, God is not blessing Seth. But is that true? And the answer is no. Because during the time when Job was going through his struggle and going through his issues, God was still providing for Job. God was still allowing him to have faith. God was still encouraging him during that time. God, his faith in God gave him the fortitude to be able to be and exist and dwell and do well during that time, even though he struggled in some material aspects of his life. If we say that a poor person, poverty is a sign of lack of blessing, we're also basically saying what? That richness is a sign of blessing. Conversely, right? So if that's true, Steve Jobs, uh, Steve Ballmer, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, they're the most blessed guys in the whole world, right? But is that really true? Is it true that they are the most blessed guys in the whole world? Well, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why I don't think so. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that we have a choice about blessing. And when the Bible talks about blessing, primarily... It talks about it in our relationship with God. Look, the Bible says this. Look, today I'm giving you a choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from Him and worship God you have not known before. Is blessing, the consequence of blessing, tied to material or immaterial consequences? Let me say it again. If we desire blessing, do we have to do something material or do we have to do something immaterial? We do something immaterial, right? The Bible says that we must obey God. We must worship Him. The Bible doesn't care, well, if we're very specific here for a second, the Bible doesn't care so much about what we give. It cares about how we give from our heart, right? I mean, we think about the blessing, and we think about the story of the widow's mite that, that Jesus tells, right? And there's this poor old lady who gives a widow's mite, or in the, uh, what it be today, she gives a penny. That's what she does. She comes to church and she gives a penny. And, and Jesus says that she is more blessed than people who give thousands and millions of dollars. Why? Because she did it because of her obedience and love for God. You know, I told first service, and this is true, but there is going to be, I promise you, I promise you, if the Bible's true, I promise you that there will be many people who, when they pass from this world, will be in the naughty place, even though they have given hundreds of thousands of dollars to the church. Why? Because for them, they were giving, expecting something in return. They were giving because to give rather than to be obedient to God, rather than to love God. Loving God and being obedient to Him is the most important thing, and it predicates our degree of blessing. We cannot say, though, that poverty or richness really has much to do with blessing. Because if we do, we are saying that rich people are blessed and poor people are not blessed. I would argue that if we take a biblical definition of blessing, that more often not poor people are more blessed than rich people. And I don't mean that a whole lot. I'm not trying to say that poor people are special or rich people are special. I'm just saying that a lot of times when we have a lot of wealth, it interferes our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure. I don't know much about Warren Buffett or Steve Jobs or 
Steve Ballmer or Bill Gates or any of the other super rich people. But I don't really see them going to church a lot. I don't really see them being obedient to God, at least not in their actions and their words. Several of them are outspoken atheists, right? So is God blessing them or is it just the fact that they just happen to have a lot of money? And that money may end up being a millstone around their neck before all is said and done. You know, we struggle with this issue in America because we are very tempted to do the same thing that Job's detractors did, which is to equate wealth with blessing. But wealth is not equatable with blessing, at least not 99.9% of the time. Is it possible that God wants to bless you with material possessions? Absolutely, it's possible. Is it possible that you might be the one in the million that he does that specifically for? Yes, it is possible. But more often than not, you're like me. You struggle to pay your bills. You figure out, how am I going to pay for this? I got to think about sending my kids to college. How am I going to pay for this? If only I could get done with my mortgage. If only I could get done with this, get done with that. Are we not faithful people? Or does faith and blessing have nothing to do with material possessions? You know, a lot of times I watch, I watch movies a lot with my wife. Have you ever watched a Hollywood movie? We all have. Do you notice in most Hollywood movies what class of people are pictured? What class of people is it? Rich people. That's right. Look look at their houses. Everybody has a brand new car. They have these $5,000 homes. No, 5,000 square foot with $5 million homes. Sorry. 5,000 square foot, $5 million homes, right? That's, That's what they have. And and most movies, even the movies that purport to be average about middle-class people, you still notice that everything is brand new. Brand new home, brand new car, no money problems unless the movie is about money problems. They have everything that they want. You know, Noel and I, we're not rich. That has nothing to do with God's blessing or provision in our lives. But we talk about the fact that, you know, in some ways it's good not to be wealthy. Because when you're wealthy, you have rich people problems. You know what rich people problems is? You and your wife spend time fighting about whether or not you want gold-plated toilets or you want platinum-plated toilets, you know? And by the way, those debates don't lead one to be more faithful to God. The Bible says, in fact, that it is, we have a choice to be blessed or to be cursed. And that blessing or cursing has nothing to do with the type of toilet that we have. It has everything to do with us being obedient to God. That obedience to God and being faithful in our relationship with Him is what makes the blessing. Now, I know some of you say, well, pastor, I see those people on TV and they say, oh, you can be blessed if you give money, you do this. And you know what? You do that and find out whether that's real or not. But I will argue with you, and there are people here who will testify that that's all made believe just to confuse people because blessing does not come that way. Listen, blessing is provision. If we really want to get one word that means blessing, it's provision. Let me give you two examples of provision. All right? When I was growing up, I had two types of friends. I had the one friend that was, grew up like me, and when they wanted a car when they turned 16, their mama and their daddy made them go out and work, and they earned the money, and they were able to buy whatever kind of car they had the money for. That's what my parents made me do. I had other friends whose parents bought them a car. Now, both are provision, right? Because if you were the kind of person that your parents bought you a brand new car, they provided a brand new car for you. But you know what? My parents provided for me to get a car. You know how? Because every time I had to go to work, they drove me to work. They paid the bills at the house where I lived so that I could have a house. They paid... For my food, they picked me up, 
They dropped me off. They did whatever it took for me to be able to earn the money. Helped me set up a checking account. Helped me to teach the balance of my checkbook. Do all those things. They provided in that way. Both are provisions. But I would argue with you that one provision, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings here, but I would argue that one provision is a better type of provision. You know, I had a friend of mine who, their parents bought him a brand new Mustang, drove it off a cliff, and the next week he had a brand new Mustang again. That's provision. I was like, can I go down that cliff and get that? I'll put it back together. I mean, it was nice. It was brand new. You know? That's provision. But another type of provision is the kind of provision that God desires for us, which is He wants to do the things in our lives so that we will grow to love and appreciate Him. And if He just snaps His finger and gives us all billions of dollars then it doesn't do anything for our relationship with Him or our appreciation of Him. God provides the planet that we live on. He provides water. He provides food. He provides faith. He provides family. He provides a lot for us that gives us the potential to bless Him and to worship Him and to be obedient to Him. You know how we are as quote-unquote Christians and desiring blessing? I'm going to tell you how we are. Me too. Hey, what would it be like if you could go to your job and you went, showed up at your job the first day, you had a brand new job, and they were like, you know what, dude, just go home, we'll give you your paycheck. And the next day you show up, they're just like, I'll, we'll, just, we'll give you the paycheck, you can go home. Let's be honest, we would all love a job like that, right? We just want to show up to get the paycheck, and then we don't care about the work. That's our temptation, right? That would be an awesome job where you just showed up and got the paycheck. That's a hard work, you know, to drive there, get the paycheck, then go deposit in the bank. That would be hard work, right? Listen, we want the same thing if we're tempted to be lukewarm Christians. Because we come to church on Easter, we throw our dollar in the offering plate, and we think that somehow God is going to bless us through that. But He's not. And the Bible is clear that that is not the way blessing comes in. Blessing comes by if we are obedient to God and we have good relationship with Him. Let me just be honest here. If you're married, you want the blessing of the relationship, but you don't want all the negatives of the relationship. Some of you here, you're like, hmm, well, if I could like, you know, if you've been married for a long time, you're like, okay, if we can meet together once a week for a conjugal visit, but the rest of the time we can have our own separate place, that would be awesome, right? Some of you, <clears throat> that's true for a lot of you. Some of you would be different. Some of you would be like, well, if, if he could just not, you know, snore and leave stuff on the ground and just be neater and uh, really just live somewhere else and just visit me to bring me flowers every day, that would be all I need, right? But it doesn't work like that. If we want God to bless us, God says that we, he wants right relationship. If he wants to provide for us, listen, If your kids come to you and say, I'm going to be a mean, snotty kid, but I demand that you provide a car, a brand new car for me, what are you going to say to them? Well, yes. Well, unfortunately, some parents might just say, okay, right? But that's right. We're going to be like, I don't want to, I'm not going to just provide that for you. I'm not going to bless you in that way, right? Because you don't deserve it. You don't act like it. Listen. Why should God bless people who don't love Him, but who simply just want to exploit Him for money? I mean, that's what TV teaches us, right? 
that basically you send money and you exploit God and he'll give you money back. It's an exploit game. It's a shell game. That's all it is. God desires your heart. The widow, your heart. Job, your heart. Joseph, by the way. Remember Joseph? Another good story from the Bible. Joseph was what? Joseph had a really good years in Egypt when he was serving under the Pharaoh. They had lean years. And he went to the Pharaoh during the good years and said, we need to put aside some food so that when the famine comes that we will be okay. Which is blessing? The good years or the famine years where God provided? Let me ask it another way. What is blessing? The bear market or the bull market? What is blessing? Blessing is not material possessions. It is God providing for us. Does God provide for you in a recession, depression? Yes, He does. If you're here, He's provided in some way. You may be struggling financially, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to provide for you, but His provision is tied to obedience. And it is, by the way, in the bull market too. Because when things go back up, then everybody's like, oh, God's blessing me now. i got a brand new Escalade. All right. But that's not really blessing. That's just the fact that the market went up and you were able to buy a new car. That one day will be a piece of junk. You, won't, you may not drive it off a cliff, but one day will be a piece of junk in the scrapyard that nobody will want. Like the Dodge Dart, you know? Who wants that anymore, right? Oh, I'm dating myself. Blessings are not always material in nature. And in fact, 99% of the time, they are not material in nature. Now, I, don't, I say 99% because I don't want anybody to leave here and say that God can't bless materially because he can't. In the ancient world, God did bless materially. I mean, we see some examples of Abraham and Job and other people who he blessed materially. But you know what? In the ancient world, it was more like, hey, I've got more goats now and I've got more fruit trees now. Not, I've got more stock dividends now, you know? The other thing about God blessing is that why did God bless Abraham? I'll talk about this in a minute, but why did God bless Abraham? God had blessed Abraham because he was obedient and faithful, but there's another reason why God made provision for Abraham. Because when Abraham was faithful to God, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, God told him, I'm going to credit you righteousness for it because you're going to be the father of many nations. Well, you know what? To be the father of a great nation requires a lot of food to feed those, those, that nation. And goats and cows and everything else. God made provision for Abraham because Abraham needed it because he was following God's plan for his life. I can assure you, and I don't say this with any joy, but I can assure you that God's plan for all of your lives is not to be billionaires. Therefore, God is not going to make special provision for you to be a billionaire. I'm sorry. And by the way, again, I think that's a blessing in and of itself because your struggle to be normal people, regular people, will encourage you to live your life more faithful to God. You know, when you have to work for something, my mama always used to tell me it meant a lot more for for it, right? If you have to work for it. And when we have to work for things, when God provides the basic need and we have to work for it a little bit to, to know Him and to grow in relationship with Him, then it benefits us over and over and over again. Blessings are not always material in nature. Listen, material blessings are the most obvious but least desirable of all God's grace for us. They're, they're most obvious. I mean, it's obvious when people have money when they don't have money. But it is not blessing. It is not a biblical view of blessing. Second idea, real quickly, is that we must choose to be blessed. We must choose to be blessed. You know, again, let me just pick up here in 26. Look, today I'm giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from Him and worship gods you have not known before. If we are desirous of knowing God 
and we are faithful to Him, then God will bless us. What that means is God will make special provision because of His grace for us. It does not mean that we will be wealthy, but that we know that God will always be there and will provide. You know, when Jesus sent out disciples, this relates a lot to grace. When Jesus sends out disciples, um, when He was involved in His public ministry, what happened? Jesus sent them out and He said, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will, where you'll sleep or what you'll wear, because if my Father in Heaven can basically clothe and feed the lilies of the field, He can do the same thing to you. If God can create a planet and put you on it with water and with food and with air and everything else you need, God is also capable of providing for your life. It may not be the way that you want it to be, but it can be the way that you need it to be. We must choose to be blessed. If we want it, blessing is a consequence of relationship with God. If we look carefully at this passage, we see that we have a choice between blessing and cursing, but it is predicated on is a consequence of our relationship with God, that the greater our relationship with God, the more blessing and the more provision we will experience from God. But the less our relationship with God, the less likely we are will uh, be blessed. God can always make a special exception, but as a general rule, the more we have relationship with God, and that makes sense. I mean, I just ex- give you a perfect reason why earlier, you know, if we could have a job where we just show up and got the money, that's the way so many Christians are, quasi-Christians, whatever word you want to use, religious people, I don't know. We just want the blessing, but we don't want the relationship. Nothing says, <laughs> nothing says I love you like give me what I need, but then get out of my way, Right? Does that work in our marriages? Does that work with our spouses? Does that the same thing? Does it work with our kids? Does it work with our boss? Does it work with anybody? Does it work with anybody? And so it does, it's not going to work with God as well because God is a living God. He is a person. He has feelings, as we've been talking about also in two series ago. Blessing is a consequence of relationship with God. The more that we grow in relationship with God, the more God is going to bless us. You know, the Bible talks about that the way of faith is a narrow way. You know why that is? It's because, frankly, we don't want to obey God. We don't want to obey anybody. Hey, all right, let me just test this out. Dorothy's not here this service, right? Okay, good. I want all of you to start obeying me. Okay, thanks. Seth is my Dorothy. But Dorothy actually laughed out loud at me, right? If I were to seriously tell you to obey me, most of you would be like... I'm not obeying you. Forget that. Our kids won't even obey. Tell your wife you want her to obey you. Not now. I don't want bloodshed in the church. Tell your husband, I want you to obey me. See how that one goes over. We can't even tell our kids that because they don't really listen to us on that either, do they? Obedience is not easy. Obedience, quite frankly, is difficult. We don't want to obey God. We want to just do our own thing. Hey, what's the default position of people? Right? If we read our Bibles, default position of people is what? To be sinful. Sinful means rebelling against God. That's one of the main ideas behind sin. We rebel against God. Rebellion is the opposite of what? Antonym of what? Obedience. Rebellion, obedience. That's the difference. The way to God is narrow because very few people will care to love God enough to listen to Him and obey Him as their, their Heavenly Father. That's why. Is it fun to obey God? Let me be the first to say, no, it is not always fun. That's true. It's not always fun. Do we need to do it? Yeah, we need to do it. Should we do it? Yeah, because as a side benefit, we get God's provision in our lives. 
And by the way, that's a really powerful and important thing. Because God's provision is able to do way more than material blessings. Money will run out. Oh, believe me, if I give you a lot of money, you could spend it real quick, I guarantee you. If you gave me $100,000, I could spend it. Give me a week and it would be gone easily. You know, Money comes, money goes. But the provision of God in your life can be very, very significant when you are obedient to Him and faithful to Him. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about, one of the themes that we have here this year in 2010, our big theme is lukewarmness, right? And our challenge against lukewarmness. The Bible says that there will be people who are lukewarm, which means that they basically are sort of in the middle, they don't really know. The Bible says that God will spit them out because they're not really Christians, or maybe they are, I don't know. It's a big debate right now in the church. Pastors like Francis Chan in L.A. argue that a lukewarm person is not a Christian. They're just semi-religious people who come to church. I don't know. I don't go quite that far. But I do know that a person who is lukewarm, if they are a Christian, they are choosing cursing, not blessing. Why do I say that? Because a lukewarm Christian is not concerned about being obedient to God. They're not concerned about loving God. They're not putting God first. They're putting God number 472nd below their weekends to uh, Reno and their uh, and maybe above their PlayStation 2 now that PlayStation 3 is out, right? That's where God falls in that category of importance in their lives. But the problem is, is that anything of value can't fall number 472 in our lives. And by the way, uh, we won't receive much blessing or provision from God when God is number 472 in our lives. If I go to my mom and my dad and say, Mom, Dad, I need a car. You're the 472nd priority in my life. Will you give me a car? I hope that they would have the good sense to say, No, son, I will not. Your priorities need to change. Our Heavenly Father desires that we have relationship with Him. A blessing is powerful, but its power... Let me just mention this too. Uh, as we wrap up here this morning. A blessing is powerful, but its power comes from an act of God, not from ourselves. This is one of those things that we forget sometimes because we're going to talk next week about blessing other people and the power of blessing. But we do not have the power to bless ourselves. Yeah, I know on TV sometimes you'll see people and they'll wave their hands and you know, jump up and down or you know, in a very liturgical setting, they'll say this and they'll do this or maybe they'll do jumping jacks in the opposite setting you know, on TV or whatever if you've been different churches, different places. But only God has the power to provide. I can't provide for you. When I pray God's blessing for your life, I'm doing just simply that, that God will provide for you. I can barely provide for myself. I have to also trust God to provide for me and my family. But I know that God is faithful to provide when we are faithful to Him. That when we love God and we're obedient, that God does bless us and He does provide in our lives. By the way, the Bible says this. Psalm 24, 3-5 says, Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive, meaning that the worship idols and never tell lies. The reason why David mentioned those two, meaning that you are not disregarding God and that you are living an authentic life. It doesn't mean lying like white lies. It means you're, if you're not rejecting, rebelling against God and cursing Him, then they, those people will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. See, the blessing is tied to that right relationship. That it is the right relationship and the blessing that go together. They're part and parcel. They're the same thing. 
They go along the lines, which is why so many people give so much money to so many different religious organizations and it doesn't result in any changes in their lives because it's not the money, it's not the material, it's not the, 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 the bling, it's not the bling, it's just us being able to be in right relationship with God and then God providing for our lives. It's not cool, it's not super, it's just the way that God works and it's a long-term marathon process but if we don't start today, we will never be able to do it. By the way, Abraham is the first person mentioned specifically who was blessed by God in the Bible. Again, God desired to bless him. But we remember, if we've talked about Abraham the last couple of weeks, Abraham had a long view of faith, right? His faith grew and grew over time. And when he was an old man, that is when God really did some miraculous things in his lives. We don't have to be old for God to do something miraculous and bless us in an amazing way. But it does require that we are faithful to him. And not just faithful, just one time a week, one time a month, faithful one time a year, faithful here, faithful there, but that we are faithful and obedient to Him um, every day, every hour, every second. Blessing is not an automatic bonus for lukewarm people. I hate to break that to you. So many people will come into BBC, they come, what's the expression in Tagalog where you throw the dollar in the plate? Oh, come on. We've talked about this before. There's an expression in Tagalog, other languages I'm sure too, where you just come into church, throw your dollar, and you get your little blessing you get your special, your special gift from God, but that's not the way that God works. It's not automatic, people. You have to choose it. You have to decide whether you want God to bless you. And really, you don't have to do anything. You just have to be faithful to God. So here's my question this morning. Do you want to be blessed? I know all of you will say yes. Are you willing to do what it takes to be blessed? Are you willing to be faithful to God, to trust in Him, to be obedient to Him? Because if so, God promises that He will provide for you that He will take care of all your needs and all your problems. Life won't be perfect, but it will be a significant change over trying to do it yourself. My prayer is that you will allow God to bless you, that you will choose blessing because you will be faithful and obedient to God. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning, Lord, and we pray that we might be faithful to you, that we might receive blessing. Lord, we, we desire blessing from you. There's no doubt about that. I want to be blessed. I, I pray for blessing of people here at BBC as well. God, but we know that, that your blessing comes because of your love for us. And that love is a relational love. It's not one-sided. It's, it's a relationship. The more we love you and the more we're obedient to you, the more you bless us and the more you provide for our needs. Father, we pray this morning that we would love you and be committed to you and be willing to serve on behalf of whatever you call us to do. Father, we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.